Hey, welcome to the Mostly Skateboarding Podcast. I'm your host, Jason from Frozen and Carbonite. And I'm joined this week by Patrick Kagongo and Mike Munzenreiter to talk about the new Fregal part, spiritual healing, and another video offering. This one from Mariah Duran entitled Rapa Nui. Before we dive into things, do you have a burning question only the Mostly Skateboarding crew can answer? Send it to MostlySkateboarding at gmail.com and we'll answer it on air sometime in the near future. Note, questions do not have to be skate related. They can be about whatever you want. Definitely welcome to skate questions, but questions do not have to be skate related. The word legend gets kicked around quite a bit in skating, but Mr. Fred Gall has the body of work and an almost mythical collection of stories to back it up. Mike. Let's pretend that my dream has come true. I have uh, launched the skate version of First Take. And let me ask you, how does this part impact Fred's legacy? Damn, now now I know I got to have the piping hot take. I think it impacts it well. It's a good capper. We got, we, we got the reemergence of Tech Fred Gall, as noted. And I mean, you know, cleaning up has made his skating a lot better like appreciably better let's let's be honest with it no it was cool like switch crooked grinds and the back nose blunts and he literally i think used every damn clip that he filmed respect that because filming sucks and he put out like a five minute video part and then with a bunch of credits i i skipped the credits but no i think it's a good course correction in terms of like the dude was a really progressive skater for a long time and like really in his own lane in the 1990s like uh what's the shop video sub-zero video and the eastern oh, exposure yeah. and all that and to, to to get the hot take out like i feel like the the fred gall lionization is kind of like a lovable fuck up just to be completely straight here like that was kind of cheesy man that was kind of like oh it's like the quiet bigotry of low expectations or something like the guy wasn't I don't know. Like, yeah, the like skating the whole, wasn't like, the whole like Freddy thing. Yeah, I mean, that's that kind of like condescending, and so it's rad to see like the dude, you know, get get back on track and put out what is a legitimately good part. And he's also, I don't know, mid forties. He's got to be because he's been like doing stuff in skateboarding since the early early nineties. Yeah, so. he's like my age. We're just about the same age. Yeah, so I I think it's good. Good for the legacy. But the lionization prior to this was cheesy. Yeah, I mean, like you said, he was definitely super progressive. I mean, nobody back then was getting up on ledges switch like he was in that sub-zero video, like switch back tails and shit, switch kick flip back tail. Like, no, not even like Costin, I don't think. Because that was just like the place that they skated, you know, same with Pulaski. Like, oh, this is what we have to skate. We'll just, you know, try to get that shit up there, you know? And that goes through to like, you know, he's like, he's pretty much the father of that whole like New Jersey hunchback style, like winning <laughs> Joe Tukamanian, even shout out Joe Tukamanian. There was like a whole bunch of kids like around like 2002, like who ran like, like the ripped jeans, lynxes, like that was the whole thing. But yeah, like you said, the, the, the lionization of like being a fuck up is, uh, it's weird, dude. It's happened a bunch in skating, like and, you know, to bunch some people that like didn't make it or whatever. It's like it's like almost like the same people who like you know lionize you or applaud when you're like you know partying or a fuck up will like applaud like when you get your shit together. Which I don't know if that's weird or it's just like skaters are just psyched on you no matter what you do. But right, 
yeah i don't know but so, yeah this is pretty much like the feel-good story of the year i think right like probably i mean fred gall occupies a pretty interesting place in skateboarding and both of you touched upon something uh that's really interesting his legacy for partying and being in the right place or the wrong place at any given time really started to overshadow his skating and i think when his mother died that was a big wake-up call and he's talked about this a bit in in interviews and he talked about getting sober and you know he's, he's in this space now in his life where uh, i believe he's moved into his his mother's home he's working blue collar jobs i believe painting doing construction basically jobbing you know putting in serious physical work you know he's gotten sober he's become good friends with brian anderson who has also gotten sober and they're just this beautiful odd mm. couple and there's something interesting that happens in your late 30s, early 40s, something that I've noticed with friends is that there comes a time where at this age, where you kind of just have to make a big decision to do an about face, whether it's about your physical or mental health or your vices or whatever. I'm, I'm, I'm reminded of a friend of mine or who was like 80, 90 grand in debt and back taxes, living out of a van, like was playing in a bunch of cool bands, doing really interesting stuff, but just... Things happened, life happened, and, and things went sideways. And he kind of had to just take a really serious examination about his life and really take like one step at a time to A, set up the plan with the IRS. Uh, they're arguably the most reasonable people you might ever be in debt with compared to, say, student loan folks. And, you know, has just been kind of chipping away at the debt and, you know, figuring out his back taxes and like has gotten things, gotten things back together. And there's something really beautiful about that in skating. But skateboarding has also changed a lot in that, you know, you can be healthy. You don't have to party. I'm, you know, looking at this, uh, the September issue of Thrasher, and there's an interview in there about, I think there's an interview in there about, there's a few people who are interviewed in there who work serious, serious physical labor jobs. And they're just like, hey, this is just what I do. This is how I'm able to skate. You know, Joey O'Brien, same thing. Anyway, back to Uncle Freddie being so beloved. The thing about Fred Gall is that you should never sleep on Fred Gall. Because he's one of the people who survived the Great Purge at Alien Workshop back in the 90s when they got rid of John Drake. Actually, no, excuse me. John Drake uh, didn't let, get let go until after the 411 entry section. But one of the Conklins, Bo Turner, Dwayne Petrie, Lenny Kirk, all these people got let go. But Kalis, Deerdeck, Fred Gall all survived. That wasn't by accident. Fred Gall, Fred Gall in Eastern Exposure. Fred Gall in Timecode. Timecode, which was a hell of a misfire by Alien Workshop. Like, let's keep it funky. Yeah, you think? I love that video. <laughs> no, it's a great video, but the thing is, like, there's a bunch of footage that never made it into it because um, a, a camera got stolen down in Florida. So no Conklin's footage, no Bo Turner, or less Bo Turner than we would have liked. And also, Kalis was frustrated with it because a couple of his best tricks ended up in 411 issue 20 in the chaos section at the beginning of the video. The 360 flip of the street gap, I bet. Yeah, exactly. Which is insane. Because you're like, how the hell is this in a 411? Also had a Bo Turner joke. Don't want to get my ass kicked, though. <laughs> yeah, shout out to Bo Turner. Bo Turner is tight. <laughs> we, we rock with Bo Turner. At least I do anyway. But yeah, it, it was photosynthesis was such an amazing reset. It's almost like memory screen, time code. You're like, ah, fine, whatever. But it, for, I think for a lot, especially for a lot of people who are maybe five, five or six years younger than us on the pod, or five or six years younger than me, uh, for them, Alien Workshop, Habitat, all that starts with photosynthesis. Oh, yeah. Yeah, photosynthesis 
for sure. But yeah, the time code, I think the deal with time code is it dropped when Alien really wasn't like the hot shit, you know. But I mean, it had like the like the laser sounds with the laser flips. I mean, that that's Mike Hayes, yeah, Mike yeah, but Mike Hayes, like that was so fucking tight. And then like Lenny had that crazy part. I oh, mean, yeah. where In he was just of- like constantly on the edge of like dying it's it's a sick it's a good video but i totally see that like maybe it's not your cup of tea like it's you know the ever general what am i trying to say whomever's could say it's not their cup of tea and i totally get it but well i I think it's also remember the the context and the time because alien workshop was dangerously close to becoming a mall brand around that time Mm. The, the exalt the new god shirts the alien stuff it was very you know, it was very au courant. It was very something that was, um, it could have been played out if things hadn't gone differently. And also remember the videos that were coming out around the same time. Trilogy, Welcome to Hell. I mean, Mouse. Un, un, yeah, it was way more, way more low profile. Exactly. And in some ways, I think it, it felt like Alien Workshop underdelivered. By contrast, like photosynthesis, all the Habitat videos that, that followed, Minefield, that was alien workshop on another no pun intended on another yeah. planet yeah i mean like i've said this on the podcast before like about alien like when wenning and Papalardo started riding for it like on the street level there was a there was a shift like on a new york street level there was a definite shift like oh aliens cool now you know oh yeah. absolutely Wenning Weird, and- just, that, just that quick Wenning, you know being from jersey Papalardo coming from out on long island the temperature in Tri-state area skating changed almost overnight. Oh, yeah. That 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 industry tape, that industry loop that went around of the two of them. Everybody started dressing like them. Everyone started skating like them. It was it was a sight to be seen. You know, go to like Newport, South Street Seaport, Brooklyn Banks, like any spot, any you know, uh, Brooklyn Academy of Music, any spot. There was people who were trying to skate like Papalardo and Winning. They I mean, they dominated the culture like, like that. I remember that video premiere because what was it? It was 2000 or 99. Someone help me out here. Photosynthesis came out in two, 2000. Summer of 2000. So yeah. yeah, I graduated high school, hadn't yet moved into the skate house, but I totally like went over to my buddy Elijah's house and we split a 40 in his bedroom at his parents' house and then like went to the premiere. And I mean, the impact of yeah, Papalardo and Wenning, those dudes were our age. And it was like, oh, this is the best shit on earth. And I don't think I actually ever bought any alien stuff because back in the day, they're like, they were like the deepest concave, steepest boards you could find. And they were all dipped like neon green right or before white. that, at least. But like, dude, everybody was, I mean, it was DC links and Kayla shoes. And that was, that was that. Yeah. Yeah. Back to, uh, Back to this part, back to uh, spiritual healing real quick. A friend of the pod, friend IRL, Lucas Weisenthal said, Tech Gall is back on Twitter recently. Uh, what do you guys think about that? Like he did do a couple of switch crooked grinds, did like some nose blunt popover shit. Oh, yeah. The, the, what is the Wally, uh, Nolly shove it out. Even just like his, I mean, I think he's gotten some of his balance back. Um, and maybe this is probably an effect of sobriety and also skating more. So he's gotten a lot of his control back that we remember from the Eastern Exposure days, uh, or even the stuff that was in uh, the 411 Philly Metrospective. Yeah, Tech, you know, Tech Gall has always been lurking somewhere in the background. 
But now with the combination of him being in the right mental and physical space, he's actually really able to deliver. And I think that's the thing that really made him special. You know, you could bring Uncle Freddy to go skate some ledges and he'll throw down on some tech shit. But you could also take Uncle Freddy to FDR, Burnside, whatever local DIY you might have. And he's ready to throw down there as well. And I think the, the, the weirdest thing is that I didn't love him skating to this cover of Sweetly. There was something about it that just felt off. Yeah, too, too on the nose. You know, like... Maybe because he skated to... Actually, um, Eric Wadi, rest in peace, skated to Sweetly in Fine Artists. Oh, that was such a good... But maybe there... Yeah, yeah, that was a few years ago. Oh, man, RIP the God. But, um, yeah, maybe there's a connection there or something, but... Yeah, like, he's, well, let's let's say go back. He skated to Children of the Grave in Time Code, and he skated to Lord of This World in Inhabitants, and now he skated to a like a straightforward cover of Sweet Leaf. I don't know. It would have been cool if he skated to some like Dio Sabbath. No one skated to Dio Sabbath yet. <laughs> Wait, was there Dio Sabbath in? Uh, oh no, it was Rainbow. I, I take it. I would draw it immediately. I think there was Dio. Uh, it was a Rainbow song in the Maple video black cat yeah probably and um <laughs> i think zared skated to holy diver in the zoo in a, forget what zoo video which is pretty random but it came out i'm gonna random. be the voice of the listener maybe at least some subsect of the listener but sometimes y'all's music knowledge <laughs> trips me out <laughs> <laughs> you guys are like like not even thinking i'm over here googling sweetly is that sabbath and it's like no, you got you guys got this off the off the top. It's pretty sick. <laughs> I, I mean, but but I also the thing is I understand it's it's paying homage, and you know we've had conversations about what are the the unwritten rules or the norms of picking a song. But the thing is, it's it's a Fred Gall part, so I feel like it's it's almost it's almost childish of me to complain about. It. It's a it's a Fred Gall part in twenty twenty. This is a guy who I've been watching skate since I was a teenager. I should yep. just be grateful, right? Yeah, me too. <laughs> I mean, I remember we bought time code at the shop, went to my buddy Sean's house, and that's where we watched it. And I was like sold on the Kalis part. And yeah, the Fred Gall part's sick. The Lenny Kirk part's insane. And that was 1996 when I was uh, like 14 or 15. And so to, yeah, you get you get the new part from the guy all these years later. I'm 40 now. And it, it's good. That I mean, I think maybe, maybe it's the the quiet part out loud, but like, I don't know. I, I like he. It, it's it's great when people stick around in skating, but he wasn't doing anything that was all that noteworthy. And then he put out a good part. That's what he did, though. He stuck around until he came back around. And here's the other thing that Fred Gall has been doing. His Instagram, or at least his old Instagram account, chock full of photos, crusty spots from all over North and Central Jersey. These are places that I grew up seeing all the time, coming into Jersey to go to Ugandan family functions and parties and things like that. And Fred Gall's got the eye for spots. So whoever in the show notes was asking about where they find all these small, mellow, mellow, you know, mellow banks, that's, that's Uncle Freddie. He's got the eye. He's out there constantly. I reckon that when he's on the job, you know, when he's in the company truck, he's in his work truck doing his thing, he's looking out for spots. And he's finding stuff that's, you know, you can't reach it. You have to drive to it. You can't reach it on NJ Transit. You're not, you're not really thinking about taking a bus from the city all the way. I mean, think of just like even the abandoned building that they're skating in there. That who did they bring to that? Who did they bring to that spot? Oh, some some thrasher, thrasher guy. Is that that building where like there's no light? Mm-hmm. 
like a half pipe and there's no light inside and it's like an abandoned like as asbestos factory <laughs> i think it, i think it might well be an abandoned asbestos factory or oh my shit. god yo uncle freddie if you ever need anything like a from the you know like a gofundme if you heaven forbid get sick from this i'll, I'll gladly put in money because it was it was it was worth the risk like he's finding spots like that i mean also like the spot that him and his friends built, the DIY that him and his friends built as a memorial to his mother, Jody's spot. That was actually, like, real talk. Like, that was actually very moving. Like, it was so sad when they, uh, it wasn't even, I don't even think it was the city. I think the city was cool with it. It was the utility company that demanded that the spot get, and that was, like, that was just heartbreaking because you could tell that he was, you know, he was exercising a lot of pain in building that spot and yeah, paying like, tribute. Listen, I mean, if you live in in America and you haven't been affected by dope in some way, like either yourself, family member, or friend, or whatever, like you're really fucking lucky. Because especially the past like 15, 20 years or whatever, that shit is like everywhere. Dude, what is it? The the New York Times did a great article. I think it was last year about class of two thousand at this one high school and talking about the influence of opioids, oxycontin, etc on that yeah. whole high school class. And I was, I was like, wait, that's when I graduated. And like, oxys were, oxys were just starting to get popping. Like, just to give you a, a taste of what the landscape was like in the late 90s, early 2000s, it wasn't anything terribly heavy because with the Taliban running Afghanistan, there was not much heroin coming out of there. And it was really like ecstasy, weed, things like that. It was, it was very, it was, seemed very lighthearted. And then this uh, oxys and a lot of the pills really cast a very dark shadow. And it's remained with us since then. And, you know, Fred, you know, Fred Gall has talked pretty openly about how addiction has uh, warped his life, you know, damaged his family's life. And, you know, he, he's, he's worked, he's put in the work to come out on the other end, but other, a lot of other folks have not been as fortunate. And I think that's something we have to keep in mind. You know, we should, you know, like we're, we should just be happy that, like, he's alive, but he's alive, he's thriving, he's working, and he's skating, and he's skating well. And he's still beloved. Because think about how many think about how many people have um, have tossed aside a lot of their goodwill over the years from just being wild, you know, just being wild out there. Oh yeah, no, I mean it, the the fact that he kept skating through all, you know, through it all, kept kept doing the work, like that's commendable. I I, I don't want to appear like I'm talking shit by saying like it wasn't as good as uh, I'm hedging. You know, I I don't want to be like. I don't want to be talking shit in that realm of where it's like he didn't do the work. And so it's not commendable. It's just dope that like it was a really good part. We'll say too, I'm year of 2000 as well, class of which for some reason I'd never put the math together. It's just seems new right now, Patrick. But, um, you know, on the opioid epidemic, man, I used to do the police blotter for my little like community newspaper. And it was always, you know, you get these stories of people passed out in a car or whatever and bad bad stuff happening from there and yeah I'd do the blotter little mini headlines for every entry and it was always you know shoot i just remember this and i forgot you know letter from the opioid epidemic or whatever it wasn't that but i don't know i'm, I'm super interested in that that article you just referenced so i want to maybe, maybe we'll find it before we do the show notes but yeah i, I gotta read that i'll try the show notes I'll try to dig it up. But you just you 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 also touched upon something interesting here. Something very good that's come out of a lot of openness in the discussion of addiction and life just getting dark in skating is that there's a much wider space for folks to have a redemption arc. 
in skating for people like Fred Gall, for people to come back into the fold. Not to say that he was ever out, you know, he was ever out there. Because here's the thing, like, Uncle Freddie was still in the van and, and Matt Price when, uh, from Golden Hour when he was on the show had some wonderful stories and some, wow, not safe for work photos of, of Fred Gall. But, <laughs> you know, that's, I think, something that we should applaud skate culture, the skate industry for, for trying to be much more open about addiction and, and, and much more understanding about how destructive it is instead of just kind of shrugging its shoulders or casting people out into the wilderness. And, you know, I feel like other sports haven't done a good other, and I use the term sports loosely. I feel like other sports have not done as good of a job in trying to address it. And skating is not perfect. There's still a lot of wild shit going on, you know, but at the very least, the conversation's out in the open. And maybe it's because there's no real governing body and nobody's telling you, like, oh, you can't get on the cover of Thrasher if you're out there wilding, yeah. you know, wilding the- out. There's no, uh, there's no commissioner, you know, <laughs> there's no commissioner handing out like year bans or for whatever. Remember that when they gave that wide receiver, like a year ban for weed for weed. That's, oh. that was ridiculous, dude. But, uh, anyway, but yeah, I back to the part again, like, yeah, I put down the notes, but the small mellow banks, where does he find all these banks? Like they're all like perfectly like small mellow with like a lip or whatever you can do lip tricks on. Oh, I mean, they're they're like the dream spots of the forty-year-old skater. <laughs> yeah, shout out, shout out quarter snacks for making that hat. Yeah, I got one. What's the DC shop again? Crushed, crushed. Yeah, shout out to crushed. Yeah, yeah. I, I won a Twitter contest and they sent me one. I got. I, now that I'm forty, I got to break it out. I was thirty-nine when I won the hat. Yeah, likewise, I got one. It's uh, I've been rocking it. It's it's amazing. Also, here's the uh, on Fred Gall's old Instagram. He had this one spot. This a nine eleven memorial. Uh, quick detour. Are there rules about skating certain memorials? Like, for example, in D.C., folks will skate the curbs and ledges around the African-American Civil War Memorial Metro Station, but they won't skate, um, you know, the, the kind of the bank that goes around the statue itself. Do you all think that everything is fair game or should we carry a, a little bit of reverence with certain types of spots? Oh, there's some there's some spots around here that are kind of like that. Uh, cause you know, Richmond used to be capital of Confederacy, blah, blah, blah. But, um, yeah, I don't think people are re- really skating. I think it's kind of like understood with the etiquette to like, unless it's like, unless hypothetically there were some like dream, like ledge plaza or something, which I don't think exists along those lines. I think people pretty much leave that type of shit alone. I, I guess I wonder like what, what, what are spots in America that could become like a Stalin plaza, you know, when the Berlin wall fell and, uh, communism, you know, disappeared from Central, Eastern, and, and Southern Europe. You know, there were just these places that was fell into disrepair. Is there is there ever going to be a point where, in who knows how many years' time, where like a nine eleven memorial will just not resonate the same way uh, uh, a Pearl Harbor memorial does not resonate to us the same way because we weren't there unless well, we y'all are secretly it. old. Didn't we see it in Richmond with the? You know the Confederate ass. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Joint. I mean, yeah. I mean people, that that's uh, dope. Like, hey, the the statue. Yeah, yeah. I mean, about that. I'll, I'll say though, the like, statue's gone uh, though, so it's fair game, right? Oh, with Confederacies, like Confederacy, Confederacy shit. Like fuck it, like yeah. Oh, scared the shit out of that. Like <laughs> there's um in downtown St. Paul, there is like a I don't know its formal name, but it's a police memorial and it's a pretty legitimately good skate spot 
that I haven't skated in probably 20 years just because that's not worth the trouble. I'm wishy-washy on skating churches just because, again, like people, you know, like like the emotional response is gnarly sometimes. And I won't skate houses. Like, I'm not fucking with anybody's house. Oh, I mean, because... I mean, that's fact- an obvious one. And <laughs> I, I, I had... um. I don't know, like like a TM and a, and a skater stay at my house for a weekend one time. And there was a spot right by my new house because I even moved that weekend. It was such a stupid weekend. But um, it was on a house. And the guy's like, how have you guys not skated that? And I'm just like, like, I don't really skate houses in Minneapolis. It's like a weird SF thing. Yeah, not trying to get not trying to get shot. And this is to say, thing. there's definitely people in San Francisco who got guns in their house. But in a lot of other parts of the country, dog. Some folks will come out and shoot. They won't even ask questions. Can you imagine well, that? I mean, there was, I posted about it on Twitter either this week or last week. Like, there was an apartment building downtown that had a plaza with just benches in it. And the fools in the apartments above would throw batteries at you. And then I think Spencer from Village Psychic said someone tried to, you know, nearly got him with a bucket of water. Like, I don't know. I'm, yeah, I'm old and I'm doing this for recreation. I'm not, trying to get batteried in the head or even a bucket of water seems probably not worth it yeah that, that, yeah that's it, that, that shit's been going on forever like there yeah. used to be this this ledge in tribeca that we would skate and people would throw eggs that's great down like like they're like god damn it i paid like however million dollars for this loft in tribeca and there's some stupid fucking kids you know pretty fine I don't know. I, I i'm off the grounds of just like look you can throw things or you can come downstairs we can talk we can talk this out you know, we could do it in the street. <laughs> Man, I'll tell you. <laughs> but again, that's the thing. It's this is America. So somebody comes. If somebody actually decides to step outside, they may be coming with a firearm, uh, a frying pan, something that could do some damage. So you're right. It's probably best to just be like, you know what? We'll just go skate someplace else. It's it, it's not worth. You know, why should I be the subject of an RIP T-shirt because I was trying to get a little something on this curb in front of a building from the banks of New Jersey to the ditches of New Mexico. Uh, Mariah Duran put in some serious work in the aforementioned ditches in her new part, Rapa Nui. By the way, um, as I usually do, I did some rudimentary internet research getting ready for this podcast. So I was like, Dan, what does Rapa Nui mean? As I usually do, I I plugged it into the old Google Translate and it kind of spit out that it means, quote unquote, big rubber in Maori. So not sure about that. If anyone can confirm or deny this translation, please hit us up. Anyway, Mariah also puts in some serious work on her usual stairs, ledges, and what have you, and even hits the Harlem Shake for a little bit. Patrick, how does Mariah fit into the current milieu of women skaters? Um, I almost feel like it's a, it's a bit of an odd question because the spectrum of skating has really opened up uh, to allow for serious variety. And I'm just as happy watching somebody sketchily skating a curb as I am seeing somebody going full send, as the kids like to say. But the thing about Mariah that really stands out about her is it's a swishy and the trick select. Like, she, she's got it. She has got the style. She's got the, the vibe. Even the music actually worked. Because here's the thing I, I sometimes am a little frustrated with about Thrasher. The music, especially like a lot of the cold wave and minimal synth that they use, stuff that they use for some of their videos, when it's done poorly, it's almost like overwatering, watering down a drink heavily. And it makes me feel like I'm losing all of the spark that makes this thing interesting. 
Anyway, first of all, her just doing 360s down anything, on flat, on some stairs, are amazing. And also the other thing too is, yo, her enders. This was a great video part, no matter the gender of who put it out. And that's the thing. Like, she's, she's operating on a, like, this is pro-level shit. This is pro-level shit. This was a great part. And a nice, a really, really, really nice surprise. But anyway, like, back to my point about, you know, the, the spectrum widening for skating. I don't think you have to measure against uh, the dudes out there. She's, she's a standalone great. And this is just a, a part that came out on, like, what, a random Wednesday or Thursday in August. Y'all think she has it in her to deliver a GOAT part, all-time great part, one of those joints that you just referenced time and time again. Well, yeah, I mean, well, first of all, I kind of think she's a little bit underrated just because she doesn't have, like, a crazy, like, personality or image, that kind of thing. She's just, like, a, a skate rat, you know? And like you said, with the swishy pants, obviously, if you ride for Adidas, you're going to have access to, you know, some of the best swishy pants in the world. In addition to that, her... uh Technical hour game is pretty tight. Like she had a dope jacket in this video part. If you go back and watch the video part she did with uh, Jen Soto a couple years ago, she had some dope technical hour in there. But with the hard flips, she had one line in a uh, the Jen Soto video I just mentioned with like a it was just like an ill LA schoolyard line, like doing shit over benches and like a fakey hard flip. What else did she do? Like a freaking laser flip. In one of them uh, ditches, like Ollie to bump the bar. Yeah, just like good, solid, like street part, man. Mike, I was going to ask you, was she on that uh, Adidas Midwest tour that came through Minneapolis a couple weeks ago? She was. And I don't remember if I said it on here, but it's worth repeating. Pretty sure it was first try, roll up to the Familia headquarters, double set. It's three flat three. It's low, but it's long. And yeah, she hard flipped it, I think, first try cleared it by a couple of feet so like the, the low but long didn't really play a factor in there and it was boosted too like yeah very impressive skater in person just like did a bunch of stuff and frankly uh some 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 experienced heads were like oh yeah she's very good having having seen a lot of very good skaters also the frontside 360 she does in the part i i gotta underline it after patrick brought it up like there's the one into the ditch and then there's another, I think just off a ledge to start a line. And like the front side 360 spectrum is really difficult because there's Jeremy Ray at one end. And then like me who can't even fathom how to do it on the other end, obviously. And anybody else who can't do it. And yeah, Mariah's got him like, I don't know. She's landing square on it. And that's, you don't see that a lot. Now and the, the pants really are the swishiest in the game. Oh yeah. Absolutely. And Jason, you're so right. I wonder if Adidas digs into their archives to bring out swishy pants for Adidas skateboarding the same way that they do with the shoes. Because that would be amazing if, you know, you're going, you're looking at samples of just like beautiful, uh, you know, synthetic fabrics and be like, yo, this is going to be the jam. I want this with a paisley print. Yeah, that's that's the whole like primitive vibe, right? Like swishy pants, like whatever tech Adidas are at right now, you know. Also, uh, Mariah Duran's uh, braid game, cornrow game, is actually really, really dope. Like, very impressive. You know, whoever is doing her hair is doing, uh, is, is, doing, is doing very good. But then, you know, thinking about where she sits in skating and her coming from New Mexico, the thing I love about her part is just how many ditches are in there. Because ditches are very fun to skate and also far more challenging in real life, especially the ones that you find 
in the desert in New Mexico, Nevada, and Arizona. Have either of you skated ditches, you know, in traveling out here or like found one that was kind of similar to the ones that are out west? And would you agree, disagree that they are, they can be challenging to skate when you're really trying to not just get like a little shove it on there? No, nah, there's not really ditches like that out here in uh, Virginia. Actually, there is one that's like kind of a DIY. But uh, yeah, the ditches in New Mexico, it's like any spot, like on video, it's like, oh, that looks fun. But in person, it's like two times as steep as it looked and like, you know, probably harsh in some other way. So, but I mean, like, like I said in the intro, it's like part of the history of New Mexico skating. So, I mean, if you grow up there, you're probably going to be used to them and be a little accustomed to skating a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah, they're always going to be gnarlier than you expect them to be, mm-hmm. basically. Oh, and also the other thing is that um, some of them, the really, really good ones, are in some pretty remote places, which is something I, I couldn't quite wrap my head around until I moved out here and got to skate a few of them in parts of L.A. County and out in San Bernardino and Riverside. Like, some of these spots are out there, out there, you know? You know, you're not near anything. You're just bringing water, a broom, and you and your friends are hanging out, cleaning things up just to be able to skate and try to have as, as much fun as possible. And that that's, you know... You remember, like, a lot of the, the water out here is channelized. It's coming from the mountains in either different states or further up north, you know, down here in, in Southern California. So that type of infrastructure, it just doesn't exist in most parts of um, most parts of the East Coast, the Southeast, you know, other parts of the country. You know, think about uh, Mariah's, Mariah's on the U.S. Olympic team. I wonder if she has to make a decision about what type of legacy she does, does she want to have. Does she want to be somebody who becomes an Olympic gold medalist? Or does she want to be somebody who's, you know, delivers a few heavy hitter street parts and becomes that type of legend? Is it possible to do both? I mean, this is like a, this is a new thing, but, you know, skateboarding is going to be in the next Olympics in Paris and it's definitely going to be in the one in L.A. So, you know, are, these are two very different lanes. You think it's possible to, to, to do both? She's threading that needle right now, man. Like, I, you know, 50-50, a double kinker out at the end of the part. Spoiler alert. But. I didn't see that coming and it was solid as hell. And I, I, I think I remember watching her in the Olympics and she, she kind of, did she not make, make stuff when it needed to be made? Like, yeah, if I recall, like, well, I mean, the way that contest was like, you had to yeah. basically like land everything. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, you know, I, yeah, I just bring that up. Podium. I bring that up only because I was like kind of agonizing over it. Cause she's so, you know, sick at skateboarding. I, I totally think you can do the both. I don't think one is exclusive to the other in a lot of ways. Mm. Yeah, so, especially with the way like uh, like the women's contest scene has been. Like you can be like a contest dog and like a street dog. Uh, and I think like the street dog lane is really emerging. Yeah, yeah, hundred yeah, percent. Because even Alexis Sablone for a while there like wasn't putting stuff out. At least that I was seeing that much, but she was doing the contest. Yeah, yeah. Oh. But like, way, look at Alexis in the Olympics. Like, she was kicking ass there. Plus, you know, she, she should have had it. Like, as three skaters. Yeah, she could have had it. If she would have landed, like, what was she trying? Like, a kickflip crooked grind or something? I forget. She was trying some rail trick. Yeah, she should have She should have had it. But, hey, she's the people's champ. Alexis, you're always welcome on the show. But I think we also need to really give credit to Meow Skateboards for cultivating skaters like uh, Mariah Duran, Vanessa Torres, Kebs. Shout out to Kebs. Hero of skate Twitter. You know, Meow is a skate company that has really created this space uh, for a lot of women and non-binary people to really thrive in skateboarding and actually make a make a lane for them, make a lane for themselves. And 
we really have to appreciate the people who've put in those years. I mean, also on a similar tip, rookie skateboards from New York and back in the day, same thing. I guess it's, you know, it's exciting. I think what's exciting now about skateboarding not just being a, a dude thing is that there's space for a variety in skateboarding and space for a variety in not only in the styles and in the video parts, but also the types of companies that are the types of companies that are out there. And it's really, really cool. I, I feel like with a part like this, if Mariah really wanted to, especially also having Adidas, in, you know, as a sponsor, she could, do y'all think she could call Primitive and be like, yo, you know, P-Rod, let me, let me, let me, let me get on right quick. Oh man. Yeah. Well, I think she would fit great on there, but I think, you know, being under the umbrella of, you know, Meow kind of doing something that's a little more your own thing is, you know, kind of cool as well. Mike, what you think? Could she, she, could she go to like a, an April or a Primitive, maybe not even with a sponsor me, you know, thumbnail drive, you know, <laughs> with thumb drive. Yeah. I mean, she'd be like, hook it up. She'd absolutely fit. And I mean, she's elite. She's on, you know, in that, in that proper, on that proper level. But I kind of agree with Jason in terms of like, you know, do what you want. The board sponsor isn't the prime thing anyways, anymore. Like the Adidas ride is what matters in so many ways. So mm-hmm. like, you know, just enjoy everything else you got. Has, uh, has Meow dropped a video yet? I'm not sure, but I know that the, the so. Kebs board is, the Kebs board is fire. That is probably one of the coolest. That's probably one of the coolest skateboards out there right now. Get one for your wall. Get one to skate in. Yeah. yeah. Kevs is super cool. Kristen Ebeling. If you haven't seen Kristen's work, you got to check her out. And she also plays music. But back to... Oh, back yeah. To, yeah. But, but, oh, yeah. But, it's got like... Is that her band or whatever? Yeah. It's her playing bass. Ro- like rocking out. Straight up. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. For um audience out there in Radioland, the Kristen Ebeling Pro Model has like a picture of... Yeah, her playing... Like a black and white photo of her playing her band. It's kind of cool. Super cool. Like It, it looks like... That would be a great T-shirt that, uh, like, a great Sunday morning T-shirt, like, just faded, kind of disgusting. You know, go get your paper and coffee, walk back to the crib, kind of joint. But yeah, like, both of you are right that you know there's something nice about that loyalty, just being like, yo, I got the I got the Adidas check. I'm putting out videos, I'm putting in work, but I'm staying loyal to this brand that helped put me on. And you know, ideally, people are, I, I hope people are buying her board. And and that's something I I often wonder. You know, we're older. Do you think that like are there any skaters that inspire you to go buy their board? And not just because of the shape or the wheelbase, whatever, but because like, yo, I like the skater. I need to rock this. Oh, well, like I can't ride a pro model of someone like that. I don't really fuck with. You know what I mean? I think I'm in the same boat. Like there's a name on the board that I, that would compel me not to buy it. But at the same, I've been skating just like Familia skate shop decks forever. I don't know. I, I, well, Probably the only thing that really was in that boat was like Guy Mariano girl boards in 1998 was both the best shape as far as I was concerned. And also, you know, like, uh, well, Guy Mariano after Mouse Mm -hmm. came out. Yeah. 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 Especially with that specific board, like a lot of people fuck with that shape heavy. 7.4 and like the narrowest tail you could ever find. Yes. uh... 7.4. Yeah, that was a that was a classic shape. But I mean, for example, like I mean, right now, like I'm skating like a a, a Uto, an April board. Uto's tight. Before that, I was riding like a Nick Stain hockey board. Before that, it was probably like a Kalis. Maybe before that, I think it was like an all timers team board. So yeah, I mean, basically, long story short, 
I have to like fuck with the person who's pro monomer. You you got some range though, man. I'm like, I got some. <laughs> That's a well, like, yeah, like you kind of. Well, I mean, you got to work with like what sizes they have at the shop, blah blah blah. You know what companies. So yeah, you know who's a skater. Skateboard always has a dope selection if you're in Richmond, VA. Who's a skater who whose work you love, but their you know their board sizes, their you know their pro model is eh, not so good, or just not to your taste, not to your taste. Um, uh, I don't know, Mark Gonzalez. Oh, like uh, the the wild shaped boards, or like his regular crooked joints. Yeah, well, the regular crooked boards were always like pretty big, but I mean, I skate eight point five now, so that's probably where they are. Whoa, whoa, whoa! When did this happen? You skate for some reason. I always picture you skate like seven seven fives. Oh well, I was skating eight for the longest, and then I was skating eight point two five, and then I went and skated the new park, and I was like. Uh, this feels like really small. So I got an 8.5. It just like feels better skating a park. Yeah, I, I made the, the same decision. I set up a park board the first time I went to this park called Chino Park, like way out there. And I was skating an 8.25. I thought, oh, okay, I'll, I got some 56s. Nope. Boards, board felt funny. And I couldn't quite put my finger on it. Yeah. Plus, like, I don't know, just on video, I saw filming myself or video myself like skating 8.25. And it just looked super small. And you could like see it flexing, like when I was doing like a flip trick or whatever. Oh, so I don't know, Mike. What size board do you rock? I'm on an eight two five, and um, sorry, I've I've been having connection issues, so I haven't heard everything that has been said. But I actually see that sometimes. I'm like, oh, my board looks big in relation to me, but it's okay. Also, what were the, you you posted a clip recently. You I think it was doing a nollie heel on a bank. What shoes were those? Oh, I got the uh, the blue eshads. Dang. Turns are fire. I highly recommend that shoe. I mean, my dumbass was skating um, vulcanized shoes since like 2006. My feet would hurt like hell. And uh, I went into a cupsole that absolutely feels like a flexi Vulc. And it's it's fantastic. Oh, you just reminded me too. Um, another thing I noticed about Mariah, Mariah Duran is that she skates a pretty wide variety of the shoes uh, of the Adidas skate shoes. And I think that's real cool. I, I even saw, I think, I saw at least a clip in there for skiing the three STs, the, the Nacal joints with no laces. Could you ever rock those? Were those like runners or something? Or They're like a mid. It's almost like they could probably be like a, a basketball chiller. Oh, I remember those. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, th- those are cool. I can, they're, they're almost like a hiking shoe kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's, it's like not quite high. It's like not. It's a little higher than a mid top. I don't know. It's. I'm starting to get to this place where I don't know. I feel like the shoe madness is is, is coming on, and that's that's not a good look. I, I get the feeling like, oh, good. So yeah, I, I could probably fuck with those because I skate dunk highs pretty much dunk, all can, the time. I can so never yeah, find dunks. But it's, 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 it's and uh, what a key you know what a key difference between now and say 2006 seven where SBs dunks whatever very easy to find. Like buying skate shoes was you know buying Nikes Nike skate shoes was not an issue. Whereas now because of this this whole resale market, and and I think I, I think part of it like is a very big herb thing. Like I think it's like basically like a lot of herbs who are who are who are making it troublesome for the rest of us who are trying to just trying to get shoes either to rock or to skate in. Well, that's that's the world we live in, man. I guess so, but it's like it's corny. It's just like don't you like collect magic cards of Pokemon or something like that? You no, know, why are you gonna collect sneakers? Did you see it? This is way off topic, but did you see you see in the news like the feds busted this reseller? Yeah, <laughs> he basically, I don't know. Long story short, he basically operated a Ponzi scheme based on sneakers. 
<laughs> just like insane, like made like millions of dollars, like scam people out of hundreds of thousand dollars, just like in, insane, crazy. crazy. You can't make this shit up. <laughs> can you imagine being the? Can you imagine being a federal agent doing a raid on that? Like, are you going in there like the dudes in the like Herc and Carver in the wire and just being like, "Yo, these are some brand new Air Force like Air Max ninety fives, confiscating these." You know, yeah, take like, a little yeah, off the like, top. Yeah, you just like bust the door out at six in the morning with a bunch of like, uh, what's my call it, like bulletproof vests and shit. <laughs> just be like, give up all the sneakers you. now. I mean, also like, what you call it, like, uh, like DCPD. Yeah, I think uh, DC Police they rock the Nike boot. Like that's their standard issue shoe. So I, I imagine that there must be some federal agents out there who are just like they got the ultimate like serious Grail collection from uh, you know. Civil asset forfeiture, you know, they do a raid of civil asset forfeiture. You know, they come in the evidence room. Evidence room is basically looking like, uh, (laughs) basically looking like uh, Nike Town, just like, yo, check it out, man. We got everything here, you know. Detective comes in, licks a fresh Air Force one, just like he fat Joe. Yeah, that that was really (laughs) there. But 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 Mariah actually, she did have a superstar colorway a couple years ago. She's pretty tight. It had like a cactus on the on the heel. Oh, that's badass. I wonder if it came with uh, I wonder if it came with any matching gear. Oh, by the way, have either of you checked out the new Lucas joint? The new Lucas Puig? The shoe? Yeah. I'm not not really my cup of tea, like a like a slim bulk type of thing. Yeah, it it looks amazing, but it's like, can I pull that off? No, I'm not actually worried about that. But yeah, what what Jason said effectively. Mike, I just think you need some short shorts. I mean, uh, here's the, here's the problem. I'm 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 too short Shorts to find actual short shorts. Like I wear short. I wear the Patagonia baggies, and they're a five inch inseam, but they're like down to my knee. I don't know, dog. You got uh, maybe a good tail or something like that, but you just need some short shorts, and then the Lucas Puig joints they come alive. Man, it's been hot here lately, and I wanted to skate in shorts, and I I didn't. Like on our on our conversation a couple of weeks ago, I, I'm I'm not in that headspace right now. Yeah, we covered shorts pretty thoroughly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Always go. Yeah. But you know what? Okay, here's the other thing about swishy pants. You can do baggy swishy pants. You can do tighter ones. Like, uh, who was it? Wade? Uh, Wade DeSormo in the, the last primitive joint who had, like, the, the fitted swishy pants, right? Yeah, yeah. It was, like, one leg up. Yeah, like, yo. Man, I don't know. I think I think we need a swishy pants renaissance. I know that there's some folks out here talking about, oh, uh, a new hammer era is upon us. No, I think we need to double down on getting fresh. I'll say this about skating and swishy pants. So if you fall like on like ground that is anything other than perfect, like I don't know, we'll kind of fuck you up. I have your made pants that are done too. Yeah, I've made, I've made yeah, that your pants. <laughs> anything else? All right. Well, suffice it to say, we were all stoked on Rapa Nui, which brings us to the part of our podcast where we talk about what we are stoked on this week uh patrick what are you stoked on this week i am stoked on spitfire wheels uh set up a board with 101s slipping and sliding all over the place feels really fun and weird uh there's a new dc shoes edit called sergio that i'm really stoked uh stoked on i just watched it over dinner man shout out to dc shoes for turning their legacy around and honestly they owe the entire philadelphia skate scene shoes for life for basically keeping their peak era alive in the minds of skaters it's really 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 good like dc y'all are doing it the right way bringing us into the future while paying legacy uh, paying correct homage to your legacy especially like there's a new bronze collab that's coming out 
the re-release the DC Clockers. Yo, I'm stoked on curb skating at Eagle Rock High School with the, the whole turnaround crowd. I'm also stoked on fuzz pedals, especially uh, ones that are a little wonky and make a lot of noise when you just plug them directly, guitar, fuzz pedal, into the amplifier. I kind of love it. It's um, it's like trying to tame a wild animal. I'm stoked on this Duran Duran versus NXS playlist that somebody posted on Spotify and randomly dropped a Tears for Fears song in there. It actually works. And uh, I really enjoyed the Peter Raffin onboard in this month's Thrasher, especially the fact that he he does, was it like a heat treatment, tar treatment for uh, redoing bathrooms. And that's dangerous and dirty work. So shout out to everybody out there uh, on the job sites, construction sites, whatever. Y'all are doing the most. Mike, what are you stoked on? Before I say what I'm stoked on, I'm a little dubious about bringing back the clocker because I swear nobody was psyched, excuse me, stoked on that shoe back in the day. Really? But I remember. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. Maybe that's just me imposing my uh, my views on everybody. I think it was a scene by scene thing. I knew a f- quite a few people who had the clockers. They're like they were yeah, very. Yeah, popular. I think I think one of my friends had it. That was about it. I think. I think we talked a lot of shit on the clockers. But... Yeah, it was more at like a lower price point than the other DC models, if I recall. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, I am stoked on this week. Uh, my buddy Dan Jackson put out a video part in a concert, let's say, with Village Psychic. There's an interview, too. Uh, it's called 4950. I'm leaving out the colon because I don't actually know how to say out, say the name out loud. But uh, Dan just turned 50 on July 4, 2022. Um, and he filmed a part from the time he turned 49 to turning 50. And um, he's honestly one of the dudes who keeps me honest about skating because he is a full decade older than me, has done a ton of different shit with skating. He's skated. He, he was a vert guy back in the day. He doesn't say it in the interview on Village Psychic with Spencer, but was a vert guy. Loved the gull wings with the divot in the middle, all that. Uh, then turned into a street dog, and he's pretty damn good at that. So definitely stoked on Dan. I mean, fuck, he, he, he does have a bad knee. He references it in the article. So I'm hoping that like the knee stays healthy and all that incredible obsessed skate rat is Dan Jackson. So props to Dan. Uh, I should note that I was told his deadline was going to be July 4th, his birthday. And so I like went out one night, got a clip. It's in the video. Psyched on that. But uh, filming, filming is absolutely terrible. Don't forget that. Jason, what are you stoked on this week? Stoked on Venture Trucks out of San Francisco, California. Um, the boys at Elas, specifically uh, the part of the crew based in Hong Kong, just dropped the edit called Hong Kong. Uh, mainly a lot of Dan Leung clips. Um, yeah, this is basically right in my wheelhouse, like spot porn, ledge tech, that type of shit. I think he did the soundtrack for the edit as well, which is pretty tight. Check that out if you're on the Eurotech vibe. Also, um, yeah, I still like get psyched on discovering new bands and shit. Like this band Haunt is really tight. They're kind of like new wave of British heavy metal, like Diamond Head, Tigers of Pantang type of shit with a little maiden. Basically, basically like power metal with clean vocals and like guitar solos and shit. Definitely like an 80s type of vibe, but uh Wait, clean vocals no. as in like clean language or uh, no effects on the vocals? Oh, just like not like um, when I say clean vocals, I mean like not like 
death metal vocals kind of like actually singing if that makes sense oh okay okay i was about to say i was just like oh safe safe for work music yeah yeah it's it's safe for work too but yeah if you're into like you know the power metal new every type of metal type of shit maiden definitely check them out they're called haunt not to be confused with the haunted which was like a swedish death metal like at the gates side project from um 90s i think well that's it for our show this week. Be sure to check mostlyskateboarding.net for links and other show notes. Shout out Templeton for handling those every week. Until then, you can keep up with us online. Mike, where can the people find you? Instagram and Twitter, same handle, at M Munzenrider. Patrick, where art thou? I am on Twitter under the handle at Colonel K Speaks, or you can find me on Instagram under the handle at PKigongo and doing stuff with the Harold Hunter Foundation. Jason, where can the people find you on Bobby, 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 Digi, Digi, Digi's internet? On Twitter, at Carbonite1994, on Instagram, at Frozen Carbonite, and writing stuff for cornersnacks.com. We'll see y'all next week. Later. Later.